Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, but we have the departure of our dearly beloved Boogie Cousins, uh, but a definitive victory over the Brooklyn Nets to cover as a silver lining to our uh, one and two weeks since I had last recorded I my last episode... Uh, recording was, I believe, last Tuesday, odd day for myself to record, uh, the 4th. Now I'm recording uh, Sunday afternoon, January 9th. Uh, and last night, uh, we're just coming off of a uh, disappointing 106-114 uh, final against the Charlotte Hornets. Um yeah, sure. Let's let's just uh, on that note, let's call an audible and maybe go uh, go reverse chronological order uh, this time around. It's funny. Whenever I plan this out, I never, um, I don't always know which way I want to go uh, until I start recording. But uh, since we lost to both the Toronto Raptors uh and the charlotte hornets on both our first and the last game since my last recording i'll go with the most recent uh which we lost to the hornets 106 to 114 uh the hornets were able to keep us at a distance uh for uh pretty much the vast majority of this game the bucks had a two-point lead after the first quarter and then um they somehow brought it in quite close to uh, just a four-point game down the stretch, and then uh, and then a real demoralizing wide-open dagger from Terry Rozier. Uh, Hornets, although they're still young and up and coming, when they have a uh, have all the all their guys like they seem to have, from my recollection, compared to the Bucks who are dealing with. Um, some protocol troubles at the moment. They're uh, a really feisty, uh, difficult team to beat, uh, especially with with uh, all the highlights they're able, they're able to to put out against your squad and uh, yeah, take some of the wind out of your sails. But um, it doesn't matter who's in front of him. Giannis still gave us gave it his all and. Uh, and fought back as much as he could. Um, I know Giannis had a very slow start to this game. Um, a lot of this is kind of right off the dome, but luckily it's uh, I'm I'm only about 18 hours removed from it. Giannis, um, I think, only had eight points <laughs> to. Uh, in the first half of this game, and then he ended up with 43, 12, and 3 in 37 minutes. Um, I think that would include about a 
Yeah, that's a a 21-point fourth quarter. So uh, it wasn't Giannis's fault for for us dropping this one. Um, perhaps if he would have gone, though, I don't know the the blame the blame will not be um, at Giannis's foot here, but he did only score two points on one of five shooting in the second quarter. Uh, if I remember correctly, so that leaves a little more to be desired, but that quarter alone was better uh, than what you could say for uh, Rodney Hood, Langston Galloway, Semi Ojale, and Thanasis Anadokounmpo for the entire game. Of course, those guys aren't our stars, but one bucket would have been nice from at least two of those four. Um, getting this line directly from uh will walkie wucks that's at will walkie wucks on twitter uh but it's being uh bounced around the bucks twitter like a beach ball at a nickelback concert Giannis, chris and bobby combined for 89 points 54 percent shooting from the field 53 percent shooting from the three-point line and 92 percent from the free throw line meanwhile the rest of the bucks combined for 17 points 17 percent shooting from the field and 18% shooting from the three-point arc. So that uh, definitely won't get it done. Um, in case I didn't mention, Chris Milton was only an assist away from a triple-double. He finished with 27, 10, and 9 in 37 minutes. Uh, Bobby had 19 and 13 in his 37 minutes. Um, Jordan Awara... Excuse me, just bumped the mic. Hopefully that doesn't come through. But Jordan Awara finished with only three points in 31 minutes, which, as you could guess, would mean there's uh, a lot of misses in that batch as he finishes uh, one of 11 from the field, one of six from the three-point line, uh, and didn't get to the line at all. Wesley Wesley Matthews shot three of 10 uh, from the field but all of his makes were from the three-point arc. Nine points, nothing to scoff at there. Uh, Otherwise, uh, Hood, Galloway, and Semi Ojale combined for 0 of 11 shooting. And yeah, that is just not going to get it done, obviously, as it it didn't here. Uh, So, although that was a very broad overview that maybe already touched on most of the key points from that one. I'm going to get into a little bit more of the detailed action here as the Hornets battled through uh, 18 free throws made from Giannis. Um, He was 18 of 20 from the line. Um, And I think that even beats his free throw total from that, uh, that 50-point uh, Game 6 title clincher from way back in July there. I think he was he made one more free throw this time around, going 17-19 uh, from back in Game 6. Hopefully I'm correct there. Uh, but it's nitpicking. Either way, the Bucks starters against the Hornets were... Uh, Chris Middleton, Wesley Matthews, Jordan Wara, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Bobby Portis. 
you'll notice I note Chris as functionally our point guard in this one because we're um, really debilitated, especially in our backcourt right now. Can't believe it's taking me uh, at least eight minutes into this show to note that Drew Holiday entered the health and safety protocols just before our game uh, at uh, Barclays in Brooklyn. Uh, it'll be nice to break up a little bit of, I don't know, what might sound like a downer in some of these game notes midway through the week with an amazing content contest against the Nets. Um, but uh, Frank Madden from Lockdown Bucks had a had a had a funny funny little tweet that I think summarized a lot of our issues, uh, saying that um, it was inevitable that having uh, Chris as the only uh, pseudo guard or ball handler that could get the ball to to Giannis cleanly in the post uh, was uh, due to finally come back to bite us, in which it did in this one. Um, so even though, as I mentioned, the Hornets. Um, had a slight cushion at the very least throughout uh, at least half of this game. The buck the Bucks started out solid on a twelve to two run from the ten and a half to the uh, eight minute fifteen second mark, uh, and the Hornets also had quite a bit of foul trouble throughout. Uh, it felt like, uh, especially as we got into you know further into the game and. Into the sec- into the early second half, it felt like if you went down the line on their box score, uh, any of their starters were kind of on uh, the foul watch, let's say, uh, as Mason Plumley and P.J. Washington were called for two fouls in the first five minutes of this game. Uh, so that helped us get a slight... Uh, 29 to 27 lead uh, after the first quarter with Chris Middleton leading the Bucks with 11 points and three assists to Miles Bridges' eight points. I think the uh, the Hornets though had themselves a a little bit of a run uh, to close out the first quarter. I didn't write it down, but you'll note that was only uh, is only a field goal difference between uh, the Bucks and the Hornets, despite that uh, that twelve to two run early on, and yeah, I believe it was. Uh, I remember the score being uh, twenty nine to twenty two with not much time left in the first. So uh, the Hornets kind of carried a little bit of that momentum into the second quarter. Quarter with Rozier scoring back to back threes to take the lead eventually from the Bucks. Um, however, Chris responded by scoring on two straight possessions himself. Uh, one was a three and then another. Uh, his foot must have been pretty cl- uh, pretty close to, if not on the line. As I think I thought it was a, a three when I had first uh, seen the action. But nevertheless, those two Chris field goals led to a Borrego timeout. Uh, and... Uh, we can definitely give a little bit of credit to Miles Bridges, um, who scored twice in short order through some really tough Bucks content, uh, helping the Hornets, uh, you know, get through some of that foul trouble that they had. Uh, 
with their bigs earlier on. Um, but Bridges is definitely one of the NBA's darlings uh, to date. I know he was on the uh, all-star voting uh, returns early on, which I must say, because this is a point I feared I'd forget, is uh, the only buck that's that came through into the early returns uh, was, well, naturally, Giannis. I forget where he was ranked. All right, so I just got it up from Twitter here. Giannis was, uh, had the second most votes in the Eastern Conference overall. At a glance, he had the third most overall in the NBA. But there's no other bucks on this list of uh, 10 Eastern Conference players. Um, that's 10 guards and 10 front court members. So really out of 20 Eastern Conference members. So uh, I'll definitely take part of the blame because although if people follow my my Twitter, they'll know I'm kind of a serial uh, liker and retweeter, uh, if not for you know, my lack of original tweets. Um, however, I've always wondered how, how the NBA is able to keep track of, of, uh, all those retweets. According to, uh, Twitter, they make me believe that if you retweet, uh, a given hashtag with a player's name, it counts as a vote. Uh, but I'll leave that up to technology. Either way, um, Milwaukee and Bucks fans everywhere. I think we ought to step our game up a little bit here um, because at the very least, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday belong in the uh, first fan returns for NBA All-Star Weekend. I don't think I've mentioned before that Zach Lowe said that Drew Holiday would be the, uh, should be the lock for for uh for the all-star game above chris middleton and to me without even i'm trying to quickly pull up the stats here um just based on the eye test that that makes sense to me um with the season that drew holidays had but their numbers are quite quite similar right now chris has 0.4 more points per game than Drew. However, Drew has uh, 1.6 more assists per per game. Chris has 0.9 more rebounds. You can tell how close, how close they are just, uh, yeah, just based on the numbers. So really kind of pick your poison there, but uh, I'd have to agree with, with, with Zach Lowe. As much as I, I love Chris, I think I, I would give it to Drew if I had to so far, but I'd be happy with either of those guys. And uh, we should at least get them on on the uh, second returns for the All-Star game. Either way, I can get back into <laughs> some of the action here as I as I pulled up these these returns to see where Miles Bridges was at. Um, so to finish my point, the Charlotte Hornets actually have more uh, more players right now on the 
returns than the Bucks do, and that's a darn shame. Uh, luckily, fan, luckily, us fans are only voting for the starters, and uh, there will be more positions that are actually voted on by the coaches where I think more Bucks will get the benefit of the doubt. Um, regardless, by halftime, the uh, Hornets had held on the lead that they'd taken midway through the second quarter and led uh, 41 to 47. Uh, Chris Middleton had 16 points, six rebounds, and four assists to Miles Bridges. This is 12 points and four rebounds. Rogier and Bridges each sunk a three to start the third quarter, but uh, Giannis would, pow- would power through and jam it on Plumlee's uh, head. Um, this would happen more than once, and we'll get to more later, but uh, this earlier poster that I'm picturing was actually where Giannis momentarily was stifled by the rim, which is quite rare. Um, but, you know, we can forget about that because he was able to use his strength to 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 uh, throw it down the net uh, despite that impediment. And uh, as mentioned earlier, the Hornets would still uh continue to uh tread lightly through some foul trouble with lamello ball getting his fourth foul uh just five minutes into the third quarter um and further into the third uh noara would get in the way of one of the many uh hornets highlights by uh meeting rogier at the rim but there would be more uh, notifications for fans on social media later as uh, these may be totally out of order. But I think in the second half it was uh, there was a sequence of Hayward getting getting a block on a buck and then Bridges uh, throwing it down court. For, to Rogier, who lobbed it up to Ubre for a huge uh, alley oop dunk, and then I forgot to mention at the beginning of the game the clip that most had probably seen was uh, Lamelo Ball recovering a loose ball and coming into close contact with the Buck, forcing Lamelo to throw it uh, behind the back from about half court to um, to a Hornet, but. You know, not to be a wet blanket, but I don't think that pass was maybe as impressive as people are leading on. Of course, it's it's exciting and and flashy and whatnot, but the Hornet was wide open underneath the basket anyway. Not saying not saying that I could make the same play myself, but I don't know. I digress. Lamella Ball is still fun. I don't wanna. I don't want people to think I'm saying otherwise and i'm bitter because we we uh felt the hornets 18 hours ago uh but hey that's that's all part of the fun of playing this team where um you know if we're gonna lose to them at least we get to see some highlights uh one way or the other and after the third quarter the hornets uh extended their lead to uh 75 to 89 Giannis had gotten up to 22 points, six rebounds, and 
uh, three assists, and Rozier had tallied 25 points, three rebounds, and three assists. Um, and yeah, throughout the fourth, um, you know, for a while there, the Hornets did uh, continue to hold on to their to their cushion, but the Bucks slowly ate away at that as. Um, I don't think I don't think the Hornets ever got to too tremendous of a lead at any point. I'm just curious what their well, yeah, the largest lead for the Hornets was 17. So I mean that's that's comfortable to say the least. But the Bucks had a, had an 11 point lead at one point, and of course leads don't appear as insurmountable anymore given the increased frequency of the three-point shot in fact uh, one of the first plays of the fourth quarter Giannis uh, strolled into a pull-up three which uh, makes Bucks fans cringe uh, a little bit a little bit less than it had in years past still not ideal and we'll still hear opposing announcers uh you know claim to be okay when he makes a three because uh, obviously that's the shot that they want him to take but I think that even though they're not wrong I'm getting pretty tired of hearing it myself uh, just because it's the epitome of stating the obvious and because what's the alternative the alternative is is Giannis getting a shot at the basket instead and he's uh, he's certainly the the last guy you want to have have the ball uh, underneath the basket if you're uh, his opponent at this point. But um, eventually, with uh, really not not much more, if if even uh, three minutes remaining, uh, Giannis would uh, would bring the Bucks deficit down to six points, but. It wouldn't come without some battle wounds as uh, when he got the offensive rebound over Miles Plumley, they kind of got uh, tangled up a bit. And uh, yeah, Giannis's elbow caught Plumley uh, in the forehead and he was kind of bleeding all over the place. There was there was stoppage immediately, but then I think there, there was even later on because someone noticed a, a little drop, a little blood on the court later on. So two stoppages really from this, but um, I don't recall Giannis really being reviewed for any flagrant foul, hostile act, or technical foul. Uh, It was clearly inadvertent, but that doesn't always mean anything when there's contact to the head. Uh, But, you know, really the most uh, frightening part was just the end result. I think think it kind of looked... Like, like it hurt more than it had actually bothered Plumley, so uh, yeah, there is a lot less hostility towards uh, Giannis than you would maybe think in a vacuum. But maybe Giannis also gets a bit of the benefit of the doubt, being who he is. Uh, either way, once Giannis had gotten it to six from that play. Chris Middleton would be able to stop on a dime uh, out of a pick and roll, uh, targeting Plumley in that action, and then drain a short jumper uh, over uh, 
poor Mason, who was uh, who had maybe uh, got that shiner from a play before, but for probably the millionth time that night, threw a bunch of uh, alley oop finishes from the Hornets and whatnot. Uh, Bucks fans' hearts would be ripped out again as the Bucks would. Uh, force the Hornets to drain their shot clock down all the way to four seconds with uh, Bobby isoed on LaMelo. But uh, regardless, when you get the shot clock down so low, the no matter who it is, even if it's LeBron James or Giannis Antetokounmpo, you don't have uh, you don't have a ton of options. So uh, for a second, I was comfortable with LaMelo Ball having to having to chuck a three over the 6'10 Bobby Porras, but uh, Wesley Matthews felt the need to uh, come and double LaMelo ball after uh, Rogier uh, did an Iverson cut and got open, but uh, with four seconds on the clock, there was enough time for ball to chuck it over to Rogier and get a wide open uh, catch and shoot for the dagger three uh, to bring the Hornets lead back to I guess it would have been seven points and at this point there um, again there would have been no more than a minute left on the clock and the Bucks would end up losing 106 to 114 but yeah and closing um, the Hornets I would say had the availability advantage on the Bucks, obviously, the Bucks were treated to a fantastic Giannis and Bucks game the last time we play the played the Hornets. So, um, I'm a little less bitter to fall to this team, and the Hornets are a fun team to watch. So, um, we can still take away some positives because we also have a chance at a rematch against against the Hornets. Uh, I believe tomorrow. Yep, tomorrow. Uh, again, a six o'clock tip, which kind of stinks for those of us who might who are scheduled to work until five, and then we know how that goes when things get busy. But what are you gonna do when you play? When you play a team in Charlotte. Um, but yeah, I definitely preferred that Hornets loss to the Toronto Raptors one. If if uh. If that's what we're uh, we're making the comparison to, but without further ado, I'll get into our favorite game of the week, and that was the marquee matchup and the second Eastern Conference semifinals rematch of the year between the Bucks and the Nets, and the Bucks uh, really dominated this one. Uh, I would say really that the final score of 121 to 109 makes it sound closer than it really than it really appeared uh, with the bucks uh, hanging around around a 20 point margin of victory for a lot of of this game yeah by the third quarter the bucks had already gotten to a gotten into a 98 to uh, 80 lead and the Nets sat their stars at around the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter, and 
uh, the Buck Stars would take a seat with four minutes left in the game. And uh, reminder that we had already been out of, uh, pardon me, we had already found out that we'd be missing Drew Holiday for this game. So, um, yeah, no uh, Drew Holiday and no Kyrie Irving either, which, well, we all know the circumstances. So it was a given because the game was in Brooklyn, but um, less of a given and less dependent on the location now that Kyrie has uh, since made his return. The Nets have gone back on, uh, you know, their idea of not wanting to have any part-time players on their team. And the discourse around it has been quite interesting. Um, I think I've talked a little bit about it before. Um, But the overall attitude of the national media was uh, quite negative. Um, But there is room for for a devil's advocate when the Nets were going through uh you know still a lot of uh covid-19 protocols in this game but since the last time i touched on this topic i believe i heard from other shows that the nets have um have definitely recovered more uh since they've initially tried to bring kyrie irving on so so that's where that argument kind of starts to fall off. We've also heard from other analysts who were debating if this was perhaps a sign that uh, the Nets are looking more and more into trading Kyrie Irving for someone who can play full time. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, most of us can't be a fly on the wall for uh you know, wherever and whenever these decisions are made uh, by these organizations. But uh, another media member also suggested that it could just be Kevin Durant uh, being, you know, finally deciding that like, hey, I want to play with the guy who's uh, a huge reason why I even came to this team in the first place. So let him play. Um Either way, um, I'll get into the game action here. The Bucks had the same starters as they did against the Hornets, and the Nets starters were James Harden, Patty Mills, David Duke Jr., Kevin Durant, and Nick Claxton. Um, the broadcast actually shared um, a tremendous story about David Duke Jr. Um, I might have some details off, but I can, I think I can relay the general idea. Uh, David Duke Jr. Um, I forget if, if he was around at the time, but at least his parents and maybe him, depending on when he was born, they had to flee, um, a war, a war torn country. And, um, actually the, the two parents were together when they had lived in their in the country they were born in, but they had to leave uh, to America separately, not together. 
and they even landed in America not only in two uh, two separate times but in two separate cities, uh, one in New York and another in Rhode Island, and they had eventually been reconnected through a mutual friend, uh, and they would then get married. And I believe at that point is when uh, you know future NBA starter David David Duke Jr. would come around. Uh, so, yeah, obviously the NBA becoming more and more of a global game, even though David Duke Jr., uh, I believe he's spent most of, most if not all of his life in America. Um, we hear more and more of these stories because of the game being more, uh, you know, becoming more of a global game. So it's always nice to hear, hear those stories, but... Back into the game action, Kevin Durant would get blown by on two separate occasions badly early in the first quarter, and Bobby Portis would uh, score 10 quick points, but he would he would miss that wide-open dunk that I'm sure many saw on social media. Uh, the Bucks had a 29-21 lead after the first quarter. Uh, Bobby with those 10 points, along with four rebounds, and Kevin Durant with... Eight points, four rebounds, and two assists. Giannis would score 12 points in his first 11 minutes, but he also picked up three early fouls. Uh, Kevin Durant, though, would also have three fouls uh, within 13 minutes uh, after he would already snag 15 points himself. Uh, his KD's third foul actually came with some productive Thanasty minutes where uh, Giannis, or excuse me, Thanasis would get his patented, uh, you know, last uh, minute of the quarter uh, time to slow it down and bother the opposition so they don't pick up a ton of momentum going into the next period. And KD would, would, um, Shove Thanasis to try to create some space, but he would catch uh, Thanasis in the gazicht. Uh, so shout out the nasty there, and I thought the Bucks as a whole were doing a really good job uh, protecting the paint, and that was shown uh, through James Harden's uh, incredibly slow start, uh, shooting uh, just two of eleven from the field. Uh, from the get-go and uh, but he would however uh, get sent to the line at the beginning of the third quarter after some tough uh, Chris Middleton defense where you could see the call uh, going either way uh, so re regardless of the misfortune on that play Chris Middleton would go off in the third quarter scoring 15 of his First 20 points in the first six minutes of the third quarter. Wesley Matthews would also help out a bit by sinking two threes in a row. Uh, fortunately, though, for Wes, he and Kevin Durant would bump knees, and he would he appeared to feel it a lot more as he had to leave the game. Um, appeared to be fine, though, obviously, as at the very least, according to my notes, he would start the fourth quarter. Um However, one last bit that I noticed in the third was that Bruce Brown and Javon Carter, first Bruce Brown and then Javon Carter wouldn't 
wouldn't even appear until the fourth quarter. Um, I just found it quite interesting that both of those guys would only be getting, um, I called it the same kind of the nasty esque minutes where they'd only get tossed in at the end of the, at the end of a quarter, uh, to get a timely stop. But Bruce Brown was, uh, was an NBA darling of, uh, yesteryear, uh, with, uh, I don't know, as of late, Bruce Brown, uh, has been kind of, well, I'm just recalling last year's hype around Bruce Brown playing kind of a center-esque role, even though he is formerly considered uh, a point guard, but because of his kind of football player kind of build, he's able to um, to set screens and make passes uh, out, of, out of the short role, uh, like you would more likely see in a big man, but... Uh, it, it worked out a lot for the Nets because, you know, they had uh, a guy like uh, Kevin Durant, eventually James Harden, who are, who are bigger ball handlers. So it worked out quite well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not watching maybe as many Nets games as I should, considering that uh, they're still our biggest threat to come out of the East again. But I would have thought Brown would at least have would at least have been more of a bigger part of the rotation. Um, anyways, uh, the Bucks uh, had captured their near 20-point lead uh, by the end of the third quarter, 98-80, to 80, with Giannis having 23 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists, to Kevin Durant's 27 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists going into the fourth quarter the nets would go on an 8-0 run between the end of the third and the start of the fourth quarter a lot of that had to do with nick claxton outscoring the bucks in the fourth through five and a half minutes including uh, a dunk over uh Giannis Antetokounmpo. but overall shout out our guy uh Giannis for uh for going up and contesting the shot uh to be clear though Based on my notes, this wasn't Nick Claxton, uh, you know, dropping 15 or 20 points in five minutes, sinking step backs or anything like that. He's not becoming uh, next Kevin Durant in these minutes. It was just also the Bucks struggling themselves uh, to score to begin the fourth. But luckily, they they uh, they had that eight point eighteen point lead going into the fourth quarter so um, it really didn't take much to put the nail in the coffin with uh, Giannis finding Rodney Hood and Bobby Portis behind the arc with uh, two consecutive three-point assists including a uh, best I could call it a sling slingshot assist to uh, to Bobby Portis something we were more accustomed to seeing from one uh, Nikola Jokic and of course I remember uh, it always works out this way where when I put my head down and maybe jot down some notes I I end up missing missing the live action uh, but realizing through the through the oohs and ahs of the crowd that uh, that I ought to pay attention to the replay which actually I didn't even catch the replay I didn't I I in all honesty, didn't see 
this uh, Giannis Jokic pass until I uh, went back and watched the highlights after. But well worth uh, my time and research, to say the least. And that those two threes really did it for the Nets with uh, Nash taking out Katie and Harden with still six minutes left in the fourth. Uh, another memorable memorable play from this game was Giannis uh, tipping the ball straight to Bobby Portis out of a jump ball for an easy lay-in. Um, good play on both guys with uh, Bobby getting a strong seal against the Nets defender underneath the basket. Uh, and then, of course, Giannis having the awareness to uh, know uh, where to tip the ball to. Remember the broadcast was was really amazed by this play, and I don't know if it's just a product of being able to watch an amazing team, uh, you know, 82 to 100 times a year, depending on our luck, but yeah, it was interesting. Just the broadcast was talking about how rare it is to see like a tip pass uh, to a player for a score. Uh, maybe maybe they were more... They're more impressed by it coming out of a jump ball, but hell, I feel like I saw passes like that in my men's league game this week. So uh, regardless, uh, we'd also get some fun uh, garbage time uh, highlights with the nasty swatting the snot out of Bruce Bruce Brown and then having some words for him afterwards. Uh, you know, we, all, we always love the nasty keeping us on our toes. Uh, regardless of... Uh, of where we're at in the game, you can tell that he shares the same blood as uh, Giannis in instances like that. Where, uh, yeah, they don't they don't really care about the context the context of the match. They're gonna give it their all. So nice to have uh, two of those dudes available at once. And uh, final score was one twenty one to one hundred nine. Bucks final with Giannis scoring uh, 31 points, 7 rebounds, and 9 assists to Kevin Durant's 29 points, 9 rebounds, and 7 assists. So, um, yeah, really quite, yeah, really close box score totals between Giannis and KD. It was nice. Um, Not that we needed any more validation, but... Uh, with the two extra minutes played by Giannis in the fourth quarter, it was cool to see uh, see him get closer to KD uh, on the box score as well. And I know several Bucks fans had fun with Giannis yet again, uh, calling Kevin Durant the best player in the world. But uh, naturally, us in Milwaukee have a hard time taking him seriously anymore because Giannis has been on the the NBA's MVP ladder for uh, two consecutive weeks at the top of the ladder I must say in case I missed that point so and also with the definitive definitive victory over over Kevin Durant it it does feel like Giannis is trolling a bit but uh, yeah stalling because I had to get to my Bucks app to confirm how long it took Giannis to to get those stats seemingly a perfect game from him he tallied uh 
he got his totals in just 26 minutes of action, whereas it took uh, Kevin Durant uh, 36 minutes to get to his totals. So where I mentioned that Giannis was in the game for maybe a couple minutes longer than Kevin Durant in the end, uh, Giannis was able to take a few more breaks, I suppose. So, yeah. Besides the win, uh, plenty of pros when your team's uh, kicking ass and your star can rest a bit and be able to drop uh, over 40 points against against a team the next night on the second night of a back-to-back. All right. So um, I'll keep going in reverse chronological order here. We have one more game to get to, but as I noted, maybe the least exciting of the week. A um, lot of roster moves, though. Uh, controversial at that. As to not bury the lead in this segment, um, Sham Sharania reported it's seemingly minutes after the final buzzer uh, of that Raptors loss that the Bucks had waived Boogie Cousins uh, after uh, moments earlier he had posted 15 points, 10 rebounds, and 3 steals in 20 minutes so nothing more you could ask from the guy and Sean Horst had the highest of praises for for Boogie but Still definitely some hard feelings from Bucks fans and uh, it's understood because, you know, as shown by his uh, final stats here, definitely easy to say this wasn't even the best game of Boogie's incredibly short Bucks tenure, um, but I don't know. I'll play devil's advocate. In the meantime, while I try to find the the proper quotes from John Horst in the Bucks organization, but uh, as a reminder, Wesley Matthews, who the Bucks appear to uh, appear to want to keep for the remainder of the season and for good reason, uh, Wes and Boogie's guarantee date uh, was is tomorrow. So, um. According to Spot Track, Boogie would have earned uh, he and Wes both uh, signed a prorated uh, contract that wouldn't guarantee until tomorrow, which would have given them roughly uh, two million dollars in earnings for the entire season if they weren't waived. Uh, sometime tomorrow uh but as of now boogie's boogie only earned six hundred and seven thousand two hundred and eighty five dollars as opposed to that uh two million dollar total and of course the bucks are are beyond the luxury tax threshold and beyond it comfortably uh according to spot track the the bucks after waving boogie are two million three hundred three hundred and eleven thousand eight hundred and seventy four dollars into the luxury tax and once you get um once you get 
$20 million into the luxury tax threshold, you're paying you're paying $3.75 uh, to the dollar <laughs> for all the money that you spend. So I did some real rough math heading into it where since Boogie earned roughly six, uh, 600000 had he earned an extra $1.4 million, that would have cost the Bucks $5.25 million at the end of the season. Um, so makes things a little different. And we also do have to take into consideration with this, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, interesting season with the increased COVID protocols. Uh, in the initial tweet announcing waving Boogie Cousins, uh, term that fans are clinging on to is roster flexibility for one reason or the other. But I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's, uh, a valid consideration i'm trying to well yeah for example we had lineups of semi ojale Giannis, and bobby portis all at once since since currently our health and safety protocols are impacting our uh, front court much more than our back court and we were well also we were starting essentially chris middleton as our point guard so you know being able to sign guys like gallo and jeff doden even though i don't think i announced that yet um is is valuable and you know not having boogie on the books for essentially over five million dollars when we're already uh extremely far into the tax uh makes sense and uh Hopefully that makes sense for you listeners out there. What I just went over, um, it at least makes sense in my head. So um, on that note, we did sign Jeff Doughton Jr. Uh, he's a guard who played four games on a two-way contract with the Warriors this season. And he he's averaged this year 17.7 points per game uh in the g league and uh before uh doden or doughton it's d-o-w-t-i-n so pronounce it how you will uh we also assigned langston galloway to a 10 day who had already played two 10 days with the brooklyn nets so i think that was a pretty good signing considering where we were at with the health and safety protocols um also of note i don't have the the actual verbiage in front of me for this rule but uh you don't see people signing more than two 10-day contracts because i confident that it's a bylaw that after two 10-day contracts you have to sign the player to a rest of season contract which obviously is uh is a lot more expensive especially when you're paying a luxury tax bill so that's a reason for maybe even more turnover than you would otherwise expect in uh the crazy covid protocols like we've seen but 
Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to get to John Horst's comments on Boogie, um, which, you know, Bucks fans did read into quite a lot with some hard feelings <laughs> attached to it, but that just, let's just say that means that we really appreciated um, Boogie and his time with the Bucks. John Horst told ESPN, we wouldn't have been able to get through this difficult stretch of the season as successfully as we did without DeMarcus. He was so good for us and hopefully we helped him too. Um, Horst also said to ESPN, there is nothing that would prevent us from partnering with DeMarcus again uh, because he was so good for us. Now, uh, DeMarcus has already turned around and send and signed a 10-day contract with the Denver Nuggets. So, um, of course, we prefer him on our team yet, at least in the regular season. Uh, it's a good thing that he's with a good organization like the Denver Nuggets. And uh, I'm hopeful that uh, that he'll continue to build on this and extend his career. And, uh, yeah. To add to Horst's first comments as well, um, not to confuse others, but uh, you see most signings right now uh, being 10 days just because of the nature of players entering the COVID protocols and the decrease in the amount of time that they have to spend in the protocols as well. Um, A lot of these fringe NBA players that are being signed, their uh, contributions are obviously less needed when other guys return to uh, return from protocol. So you're seeing 10 days mostly from your woes or or shams notifications, but uh, that wasn't the nature of the uh, original Wes and Boogie signings. So we, I guess, technically could. Well, I forget if there are rules on uh, the timing of signing someone after they're waived if you're the same team. Maybe it's different now that DeMarcus has already gone on to sign sign with another squad. I would, uh, I'd gather that that actually would help our chances of being able to sign him um, later on in the season. But yeah, it's uh, technically still possible for us to sign Boogie again. But he, of course, has his limitations on the defensive end, which uh, ultimately led to him no longer being with the Bucks, So we're already roughly an hour into this show and I have a whole other game to cover, which is our first loss of this uh, three game stretch since I last recorded, but I considered it a lot less uh, fun and redeeming than the Charlotte Hornets loss. Um, not, not entirely different, really uh, similar Margin of defeat, 111 to 117. And similarly frustrating with spending so much time uh, down with it in reach. Uh, But we don't... um, At least the only other game I remember off the top of my head against the Raptors this year was another one in which we lost with, uh, with less reinforcements than we'd otherwise have in a close battle. So, 
I'd say this first one against the Raptors hurts a little more. Um, but also parallel with the Hornets, we will be playing the Raptors again soon next Saturday, the 15th. So uh, we might not be able to win the season series against them, but we'll at least uh, be able to get some of our pride back as there's still a bit of a residual, uh, I don't know, competitiveness maybe, strife between the Bucks and Raptors after the uh, 2019 Eastern Conference Finals. But of note, one of those two teams still has their finals MVP on the roster, and it happens to be the team residing in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I'll leave that there. Um, silver lining, though, ultimately from the week, is I think I think Sandro Mamokelishvili has looked as productive as, as you could expect from him. Um I think it was Eric Name who tweeted out that um, Mamu's received words of encouragement from both Giannis and Bobby Portis about doing the little things, uh, being aggressive uh, on the offensive glass, and uh, doing stuff like that. Um, in addition to, uh, this wasn't part of the quote, but I thought uh, Sandro was especially active in passing lanes and forcing a lot of t- turnovers, uh, you know, against the other team. So, you know, having more Mamu may not necessarily mean a winning week for the Bucks, but um, but next man up. So, not much more we could really ask uh, from Mamu for this week. I would say. Um, and unfortunately against the Raptors, we weren't able to get Darvin Ham his first victory as a head coach for the Bucks, but, uh, that did eventually come, of course, against the Brooklyn Nets on Friday, uh, as he, uh, as he had a bunch of water dumped on him and he, uh, performed the really funny running man challenge that I don't necessarily know the origin of, I think from a college football coach from clips that I've seen, but uh, I don't know. I guess I'm not the best Gen Z mamma jamma considering I'm missing the reference there, but hopefully next week we, we, uh, we see, see the bucks bounce back a little bit. Um, not only in the final score, but, um, you know, Maybe see some guys bounce out of the health and safety protocols as well. It'd be nice to see some of our guards return. Uh, But until then, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.